Previously on Light Roast Low Rolls. John, guy who's dead, the dead guy, his dad, Hugo Brown, owner of the clock store. Oh, I love Hugo. Yeah. Oh, shit. And she's going to reach into her apron pocket and pull out the circus flyer. Mm-hmm. Elches is in town. Uh, Travis is an actual werewolf. Lucille blushes a little bit. We're going to the circus. I don't have mine. <laughs> There were some stories that, that John had tried to publish, but they were all denied. Yeah, our editor-in-chief made it pretty clear that it just wasn't the kind of story that he wanted to release. We're moving towards a more mortal-centric uh, brand, I guess. So you did not hear this from me. Of course not. But I think he's involved with my sister. Ew, really? That would imply that she actually cares about him, which to me is disgusting. I believe identity is a lot about perception of the self and what you think you are versus what others think. Like my friend Kristen, who thought you were a greasy lowlife nobody. I would like to know who the true Marlowe Hunt is. You know how we were talking about like the, the alarm spell that in theory you could one day put on, put on the kitchen for me? So you fail this spell, though. You can try again, but it, you're at risk. I can try again. I can no, do it this time. No, no, dear God, don't. And coming up next in our lineup of acts is the amazing, the incredible, the da-da-da. and he like sees you and he like gives you a little wink and like recognizes you. Loose does not vomit. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Miss Lucille Candy. And uh, she begins moving gracefully through the air. It's almost like inhuman. The way that she moves is very like flowing and graceful. It's like she was born to move through the air. Allie is just kind of looking blank. She's definitely very on edge because she can feel the presence of all the monsters around. So she's kind of like unnerved. And although it is impressive and cool, she's just kind of waiting for you know, danger or something bad to happen. I think that's why I'm comfortable is because this is how I'm used to seeing monsters. How do we know Lucille Candy too? So she had been like in like a fairly new recruit to the trapeze unit maybe three summers ago and she and Harry hit it off like right away. Lucille knows it's part of why he's so attractive. Now hold hold on y'all, hold on just a second now. Marlo Hunt, I haven't seen you in quite near a millennia, good sir. Give it there. And he reaches out one of his paws. Is there something? He's dead. There was something very strange that happened the other night. Travis has been trying to talk me down about it, but I just can't stop thinking about it. Tell us. I felt like there was some kind of a presence outside of our tent, and when I went to go check on it, there was nothing there, but I just could not shake the sense of, like, eyes watching me. Can you show me where? Uh, we. Oui. And if it was indeed the skinwalker who was outside the tent, they can now imitate. The big thing that prevents a skinwalker from being able to use their powers, uh, are silver and mirrors. Because mirrors kind of block them out from the world that provides them with their magical energy, and it blocks their ability to transform. Okay. But isn't there a house of mirrors here? I'll ask. How many seeds? Persephone ate. And the correct answer for all of us is five. Anybody else will tell you six, or they'll say I don't fucking know. All right. Five. Five. Five.
friends. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Whether you're listening to us on your commute to work or just hanging out or having a workout, we're happy that you're tuning in. Uh, my name's Brooke. I'm your keeper this evening, and I'm drinking a pour-over from the Harvey Easton Cafe itself. I'm so excited about it. Hi, I'm Parker Cujo. I'm playing Marlo Hunt, the flake. And I also had a Harvey Easton blend coffee that Elise made me, and it was delicious. Hi there, my name is Kelsey Weinstein. I play Peggy Scott, the mundane. And lo and behold, I also have a Harvey Easton blend coffee made by the lovely Elise. Um, I acted as if I had more to say. That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, Hey, it's Elise the person who made all these Harvey Easton blend coffees. And it is it is Harvey Easton's blend. I brought home some bags because we are recording outside of the usual space today. But don't worry because I made them pour over coffees here in the kitchen. Uh, and our Harvey Easton blend, uh, this is normally what we use on espresso at the shop. Uh, but it's, it, fun fact, there's no such thing as an espresso bean. All, all coffee beans are just coffee beans, and you can use them for whatever sort of coffee you want. Uh, some blends are better geared towards espresso, uh, but this one tastes perfectly fine as a pour-over because it's a Brazil-based, a Guatemala mix there as a secondary bean, and then just a little mix-in of Ethiopia, which is a lighter coffee, so that's where we get our slightly uh, sweet end finish. Uh, but yeah, pour over, made one cup at a time. It did take a long time. Thank you for <laughs> asking. <laughs> and I will be playing the hunter, Lucille Alien, the expert. Hi, my name is Madison Hubler. I'll be playing Alessandra Sparks, the monstrous, and I am also drinking one of those amazing Harvey Blend, Harvey Easton blend pour over coffees, and mine has some oat milk in it. You guys, I can't tell you how cool it is to listen to Elise talk about coffee. (laughs) There's just something about someone having like a passion and knowing a lot about it that like no matter what it is, it's always exciting to listen to. Such a pleasure. Thanks. I'm just passionate about drinking said coffee. Do I know what's in it? No, I don't. And I said this. I said this on a previous episode. I'm like, I don't know what Elise puts in it. I don't care. Elise could hand me any cup and I will drink it. Yeah, true. There could be straight poison, and I'd be like, wow, thank you so much for this cup of poison. I love it. Okay. Um, no, Lucille poisons people, not me. Oh, right, totally. There's no crossover there at all. Oh, I don't know where I got her inspiration from. <laughs> None whatsoever from my own personal life. It's not like I run a cafe and she runs a diner. Those are different things. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, last time you guys tuned in, you guys were about to split up, right? We had one people, one group of people. You guys talked about going to Abel's, but I think now you're going to drop off at Hugo's first. We have to check in on our grieving papa. Yeah, rest mm-hmm. in peace, John. Aw. Uh, and then Peggy and Allie, did you guys want to tag along, or did you want to stick around the circus a little while longer? I think we want to stick around a little bit, see what kind of monsters we can encounter here at the circus. Okay, sick. Little little girls trip, little. I love a little day. Yeah, let's bring Peggy some trauma today at the circus. (laughs) It's inevitable. Honestly, at this point, anywhere Peggy's going, there's just gonna be a little, a little sprinkling of sprinkle trauma. This is nice. I like that Peggy is like finding times to like split off with one person at each of the party. Every like episode five, we went off with Lucille. Episode four, we argued a lot with with Mr. Man, and now here we are. <laughs> it's like babysitting. Everyone has to take turns watching me. Oh my God. We're, everyone's on Peggy watch. After the panic attack in episode two, they're like, holy, oh no. <laughs> oh, somebody's got to nail that girl's fiends to the floor. <laughs> All right, well, I gotta stop. We gotta get, we had to do an episode now. Let's do it, please. Okay, Um, who feels most passionately about starting out here? Would you guys prefer? Let's do a roll off. Great. Dun, dun, dun. Each of you gets a d6. Whoever rolls higher, you can go first. It's uh, it's Lucille against Allie here. Ready? In the dice box. One, two, three. Two. Four. Uh. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk to sad old men first. Let's do that. Okay, so how, you guys were going to hail a taxi, I believe, right? Yes. Okay, so you don't think... Our man Reggie's sticking around with us. Yeah, do, do you think Reggie would give them a ride and then come back? Uh, depends on how long he thinks they'd be gone. I think that he would take priority to 
A, B, and B, Allie. We're sealed as we're best in charity. Yeah, no, we can figure it out. We've been figuring it out our whole lives. We don't need this new fancy driver. Okay, okay, I love that. I love that. Take a stand. Um, okay, so you guys order, you, you, honestly, there's a handful of taxis close by because people are, like, coming into town either by train or by car or sometimes on foot to come to this circus. It's super popular. Um, so yeah, it doesn't take you very long at all. There might even be a string of them, almost like at Disneyland at the end of the night when there's, like, a bunch of taxis outside for people leaving the fireworks. (laughs) Same thing. Um, there's just, like, a string of them. So it doesn't take long. Um... Nope, that's what I got. <laughs> so can Parker not whistle, or can Marlo not whistle? Um, a little bit of both? A little bit of both. Okay. But Marlo doesn't have enough shame to where he wouldn't try. So, yeah. well, uh, here. I think he's pretty shameless. <laughs> that's what I got. For audience awareness of updates to our canon, since last time we know that um, Luke's is uh, colorblind, and Marlo can't whistle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. We make a great team. Uh-huh. I just love the little details. You know, it just brings the character to life. Okay. So uh, you guys, I think, make your way. I mean, unless you want to have an interaction with the taxi driver, you guys make your way over to Hugo's. We can, yeah. we can uh, smash cut. Yeah, cool. Um, so you guys get to Hugo's. Um, where you're in? Where did I say you were? Like downtown or something? It's not an especially like great area. No, it's not. And Marlo rents the room above. It's kind of like in the what's it called? The retail districts of downtown, like where you'd be in like Sandy Alley or sure. something like that, where you have like the cobblers and things like that. He's a clockmaker in the area. Marlo just you know rents a room upstairs, as was common for the time. Cool. Okay. So, oh, okay. It's like a room upstairs. It's not an apartment complex with like stuff underneath it. Okay. I feel you. Um, amazing. So, uh, do you, how much time do you like spend with Hugo? Would you say it's more in passing or that's, you know, you have the occasional evening where you guys like will like sip a coffee and like talk about life. Like what's your relationship like? He'll occasionally invite me down for a drink. And also he helps a lot with like, he can do some maintenance on a lot of my little mechanical things that I have and we like to talk shop about those kind of things as uh, Marlo does know a thing or two about picking locks Mm -hmm. so uh, they you know like to talk shop okay cool um do would you like to describe Hugo to this group of people in our audience or do you want to leave that in my hands Hugo is a typically jolly man he's got a little bit of a predisposition towards liking wine he's got those rosy cheeks from it he's got these really cute little silver spectacles and uh you know like some graying like silvery white hair that's just a big mess because you know he's a he's a little tinkerer he likes to sit in his shop all day just kind of a small man with a little little round you know just a jolly old guy how often did you see john around the building not too frequently. Okay. Um, they were closer before I moved in, which I was a few years ago. And since I've been around and John's been doing his own thing, uh, I've kind of, you know, stepped in and helped out if need be. But, okay. yeah. How involved do you think Hugo is with the monster community at large? Because obviously John was doing investigating of his own world find out whether Hugo knew too much about that but he's also like involved enough with you that like do you think Marlo never talked about it with Hugo okay they kind of like maintain a level of professional discretion okay you don't need to know everything I'm doing I don't need to know everything you're doing got it you we can mutually do separate shady things and not talk about it with each other in order to not have to rat each other out yeah yeah um okay cool so you guys come up to this uh little brick building um and it has like two big glass windows with um a bunch of different um there's like one display with uh it feels very geppetto's workshop-esque with like kind of clockworky cute little um like figurine type like cuckoo clock situations and then there's a case of like really gorgeous looking like pocket watches and wrist watches um And uh, there's, like, one huge grandfather clock in the corner of that same window that's on display. And it, like, it all looks like really, really good work. Um, But also, um, a lot of these materials, at a closer look, I think they 
appear to be like recycled or like kind of remade or housed in things that are kind of unexpected. Um, he is obviously working with a budget here and is very good at what he does, but like were he given the amount of money that um, that he might want for this business, like he could do so much more. Um, so yeah, I think there's like a little swinging door that has like the little bell that like tingles when you guys walk in. And yeah, he's, uh, you can see that, uh, Hugo is, um, he's like facing away from the door behind the counter, sitting in a chair, uh, like cardigan wrapped around himself, sipping, a coffee and like looking distant and like you can hear the bell like ting 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 as you walk in and he doesn't like really turn to look um then he just kind of says oh feel free to look around uh let me know if you need anything and he doesn't seem to like look to check who it is you go it's marlo i'm home oh oh my boy it's and he turns to see you oh you look well it's good to see you you look well, too, considering. Yes, it's a hard day. We heard about what happened. Yeah, I'm surprised you're open. Yes, well, uh... There was a known danger to John's line of work, and I guess... Uh, well, it was certainly unexpected, but I can't close shop. You think so? You think danger in his line of work? Well, being reporting the news that he reported, he didn't have a lot of uh, didn't have a lot of friends. He did have a number of enemies. Really? Well, enemies, I guess, loosely termed. I don't know that there's anyone who'd really want to hurt him, but he wasn't liked. Uh. Hey, sorry, Hugo. Um, I think we've only met. Once before, uh, I'm Lucille Elian. Yes, you uh, you own that little bar off of uh, Hollywood. Well, owning it that that would that would be my father. But yeah, you could see me behind the bar every so often. Uh, I I wanted to say I'm terribly sorry about your your loss. Do you mind if if I ask you a couple questions? I think. Something happened at the kitchen that I think might have been related to John. And I, I want to make sure that we do everything in our power to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. Well, uh, I, as far as I knew, I didn't think John was uh, one of your uh, regulars, but I'm... I'm uh, uh, well, come, come in, come sit down. And I think he, like, goes in, like... Like, kind of stands and looks outside just to make sure, like, it doesn't look like anyone's coming and then closes the door and, like, flips the, like, sign so it says that it's closed and, like, locks it. <sighs> well, uh... I'm sorry, what... Yeah, no, he wasn't... He wasn't a regular, really. Uh, I... I actually... I didn't know him. It's actually a real coincidence that M Milo knows you... We heard about it this morning yeah. because I actually had a werewolf attack at the bar. And um, when we heard about the monster attack this morning, we wanted to go see if there was any connection. And then I saw that he was, did you know he was investigating different monster attacks across the city? Oh. Uh, I, I knew he was investigating something dangerous, but I didn't want to press him on it. No, I, I didn't think it was directly related to any of that. When was the last time you saw John? Oh, it must have been a couple days ago. He he visits, but, you know, he's, he's a grown man. He's got a... He hasn't... Yeah, he's got his own life. Hugo, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yes. And, uh, you know where I live, if you ever need, you know, a chat, buddy. <laughs> well, I am certainly glad to still have you around. And you haven't been feeling like you're being watched? 
lately? No, I'm just a... Just a clockmate. Why don't you go ahead and roll to investigate a mystery? Because I think at this point, we've, uh, we've like, breached, <laughs> like, casual, yeah, conversation. It's an 11. Cool. So let's hold, what, three, two? I think it's hold two. Awesome. You should have a list of those questions. Let me know what you want to... What you wanna do? Luce holds up her hand and she says, Sorry, I'm not asking this right, Hugo. Um, how. She's gonna look back at Marlo and she's kind of giving Marlo like a weird, like, is he. She's giving him the look that says, like, does he know? What does he know? <laughs> he knows some things. So. Listen, you know what the kitchen's about, yeah? You never really been, but you know. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of your clientele, yeah? I just want to make sure that you... You don't think anybody's gonna come for you, Hugo. Well, I, uh... I don't... My son may not have been well-liked, but I don't have much of a reputation around here for anything. Has anyone suspicious come in recently? Mm, not to my recollection. Uh, Anyone asking about anything that seemed a little bit strange? No. But, you know, this is downtown. There are some strange characters, as... And he kind of looks pointed at you, you know, pointedly at you, Marlo, as you're well aware. Marlo tips half. <laughs> <laughs> Great, well... Lucille's gonna, uh, like, thump the counter once and be like, well, the kitchen's number is in, is in the yellow pages. Give a call if, if you do feel like something's amiss. I, you know, y your son was killed. And you have been nothing but amazing to me, Hugo, so... If you need any protection or anything uh, in return, we take care of our own. Yes, well, I, I do appreciate it. Um, you guys have three hold. Is there anything else you want to try to figure out about where you're at? Okay, so John was killed by vampire, right? But we think it's similar situation vampire. where it's not a vampire, it's yeah. the skinwalker. Um Lucille Okay. What are what are some signs of a skin what, what do we know about skinwalkers? Yes. They're witches? Yes. They use magic. Mm -hmm. Does magic leave a residue? I've been able to detect residual uh, effects of their presence when they've been watching before. I've succeeded in doing that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Hugo, do you mind if we uh, take a look around? Just like... Oh, yes, please. Feel, feel free to peruse whatever it is. Great. Thank you so much. And you should, uh, you should get me a ballpark on these clocks around here. I might need another timepiece for the kitchen. Of course. And then Lucy's gonna step back and yeah, lean into Marlo and be like, "Can you feel anything?" Can I or do I? Do you want me to? You could spend a hold to tell me, or to ask about that. Uh, I'll spend a hold to say to be. Uh, what is <laughs> what is being concealed here, Marlo? <laughs> Marlo's gonna close his I eyes and just tap in. Um. Okay. Hugo. is, you know, I mean, I think there's been reference in this conversation to, like, there being odd characters in this area of town. Hugo is not an exception to that rule. He's a very kindly old man, but he is odd, and I think that's part of why, um, part of why maybe some people are a bit averse to shopping here as frequently as per usual. His work is very good, um, and he works very quickly. Um, he has about him the general fading aura of a fae who has been away from home for a long time. 
So he's still very in touch with his kind of more than human abilities. Um, but he is ailing. Like, he's old. Uh, we're... Uh, never mind. I guess But I... you don't know him from around the kitsch, so he clearly isn't interested in creating, like, a sense of community with other people like him. Yeah. yeah. He wants to keep his circle closed. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, no sense of the Skinwalker's presence? No, it is a very different kind of magic that, he, that like, the Fae in general give off, and it's not the kind of dark sense so... that you get from a Skinwalker. And this is something that Marlowe's probably felt around this like it's familiar with it. yeah there's something about fey magic that even the like kind of darker fey it's quite playful and mischievous and it kind of gives you butterflies in your stomach and it feels like kind of like yeah or like falling in love is really fun but also horrifying <laughs> right like it's that skinwalker magic is draining i described it before as like the tide going out it's like that but it never comes back it's like, it's very much, um, it's very much a much more negative sense. It like pulls at your, you know that like there are, there are many different forms of witchcraft, some darker than others. Um, the ability to change your very being or your like, at your physical appearance at least, um, calls for a type of magic that drains life essence um so yes way way different than this kind of butterfly-y sort of feeling that you get from the fae so i'll turn back to lucille feels fine just like normal i mean hugo has a little something about him but did john have a little something about him john i never spent enough time with john to know john is i'll give it he's mortal it's likely, I. anyone who spends enough time around Hugo, he's not going to be able to hide who he is. It's likely that John knew. Um, but because he's mortal, you assume that they are not blood-related. So... Interesting. Yes. Their relationship was perhaps on paper one thing, but in reality something else. You also assume because of that, that if John knew about Hugo being Faye... Um, then he would have been a lot more in touch with the monster world than the average reporter. Okay. Mm. And I want to use one more hold Mm -hmm. to see if I can get Hugo to tell me who else didn't like him. Sure, how do you want to phrase it? Let's see. Uh... She'll, they're looking at a clock, right? Because yeah. Lucille has actually found one that is capturing her eye. It's pretty and f- like s- f- so rambunctious looking that it looks like it probably belongs in the kitchen. And she'll look up and she'll be like, uh, Hugo, um, how much for this one? Oh, and he kind of picks up the piece and examines it. Uh, you'll notice num- none of them are like price. There's not like a tag on anything. It is like you would have to ask in order to find out. Um, and he goes, uh, well, let's think about inflation. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that for a piece like this, fine craftsmanship, although not quite too large, I'd, I'd put it at 20 for a friend. It's not bad. Uh, you mind... Can I ask you to keep it for me for a few days? I'd be happy to hold it behind if, if that's all right for you. Let's do that. And and before we head out, because I because I will be back for this. Do you? You said that John wasn't liked. But was that at the news office? Mm, no, I think his colleagues appreciated the work that he did for the most part, and I don't know how open he was with them about our relationship or uh or about me in general when you say your relationship he's he's your son he is like my son that's good how'd you meet him uh he stumbled over a circle he shouldn't have and i took a liking to him and well 
Excuse you, sir. <laughs> How rude. I, I took a liking to him, and he... Uh, well, it... Relationships like the one that we had aren't uh, uh, smiled upon where I come from, so I made my little sacrifices, and... Uh, well... It's sad to see he's gone. After all, I lost. You can't go back? There's, uh... I don't know how much you know about fey culture. There's a trading of names sort of ceremony, and once you accept immortal's name, it's a lot of work to come back to your own and rejoin the tribe and such. And... Even if they would accept me, I don't know that they deserve me anymore. They certainly don't, Hugo. You are an artist and a mastermind. Thank you. And besides, you have a little tribe with me, don't you? You're all right. Oh, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> He's got um, better taste than I do, apparently. He, he kind of like lets out a little snickering laugh. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, and one last question, Hugo. You really... His death, you don't think it was spurred by... The projects that he was working on, although he did not disclose all of the information to me, I was aware of the dangers, and I'm sure that it had something to do with that, but I can't say to what capacity or who specifically would have done this. Believe me, if I did, they wouldn't still be here. Have you ever heard a name of, of Abel or Clements? Clements, I know. She was that young mortal broad who uh, spoke out on behalf of other creatures like me. Abel is... Now, mind you, being Fay, I do have an affinity for names, but it's not one I believe I've heard before. And did uh, John give you any names he was worried about? Uh, people he felt threatened by, you mean? Or people, people he, he was, was afraid for? Investigating people he was afraid of. I'll take... <laughs> hell, listen, Hugo, I'll take any information you can give me at this point. Yes, well, I know that he was making his... He was going to make his way down to that little circus today. Uh, yeah, we went uh, Evidently, he never made it. Um, I know it was for that young, um, that young man who's taken up with another one of my kind. Uh, I don't... Did he think he was a target? I think he was hoping to use that as a connection to the general werewolf community. I don't know that he was afraid specifically for the life of that person, but who's to say? Well, thank you, Hugo. I'll be back for this beauty. Don't sell it while I'm gone, okay? No, of course. And I'll be back late tonight, so um, feel free to lock up. I have my key. I will do that. And then we, we turn and leave. As soon as they step outside, Lucy's going to go, do you have a cigarette? <laughs> Do I have a cigarette? Yeah, okay, I know that was a dumb question, but I want a dumb answer. Please tell me yes. Yes. Listen. Yes, thank God. Marlo reaches into his coat pocket and pulls out a little silver case that opens with a little button press. <laughs> <laughs> and hands Lucille's cigarette. So, if... So John's killed by a vampire who's not a vampire. Mm-hmm. She's, like, kind of leaning against the outside of the clock shop mm-hmm. while we, like, this cigarette... <laughs> And Clements is killed again by a werewolf that's not a werewolf. Or it's not. A, it's, a, it's a skinwalker. And you can sense the skinwalker's magic, yeah? Yes. How, what would you need from me to do that on a big scale? On a big scale? Yeah, like if I wanted you to, I, I, you know, like some real ritual shit. Perhaps, um... If you could concoct some kind of amplifying potion, 
and we can take the time to conduct a proper ritual in a place that will be undisturbed, then we could cast that net larger. I think a lot of where your magical energy comes from, Marlo, is the extended periods of time that you've spent with someone from another world. Um, like, mortals do have the capacity, as witches do exist, to um, channel that energy, but you have an easier time of it due to your personal relationship with someone who is innately like connected to that through blood um so i think that's another part of the reason why like mechanically your weird score is so high like it's because you're a weird dude but it's also because you have weird connections and i love a good weird connection yeah yeah well i could potentially try and persuade hugo to help us and maybe between the two of us and a location that has now been lived in such as my apartment with a little bit of your skill as well and granted a large amount of time i could probably cast some kind of net but the thing is if the skinwalker can teleport then yeah it can teleport. you'd have to use silver or mirrors in the cat it would have to be a component of the spell can we trap it like if i you could use the house of mirrors potentially that's that's we could do that Thank you, disembodied voice. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, the House of Mirrors. If only we had some way of knowing who it was going to target next. Miss Candy is also Faye. So you potentially... And she has a vested interest in the safety of her husband and her friends. So... I think that we could probably trap the Skidwalker in the fun house. I, I don't see why not. The thing that would... The House of Mirrors, though... We'd have to get the skinwalker to come in to and, successfully trap. And we're still... God damn it. She's going to take another long pull for her cigarette. What's... I... Hold. I think, I'm, I think maybe we're coming at this from the wrong angle. Mm. Mar. Mar. I just... Why did Clements come back? And then why did she get up and walk away again? I think that's probably, I think if we can figure out Clements, then we can probably figure out where the Skinwalker, because if that was a show, if that was an act, then they've got to be working together, right? Obviously, but I don't see what. Can you track undead energy? I could try. Because if we, if we went back to the, the safe room and you... Because I know we have to go see Abel, but... It's a residual magic that's less potent and doesn't leave as much of an effect. But if I focus and, you know, hopefully don't bleed out of my fingernails again... Um, yeah, and I don't get another nosebleed. We could try. Do we want to try before we, before or after? Well, no, we should try before the sun sets and rises again. That'll wash away some of the energy. I guess we're going back to the kitch. Back to the kitch. Great. From there, let's cut to the circus um, while you guys find another <laughs> mode of transportation. <laughs> we'll walk. Yeah, sure. From downtown all the way to wherever it is that you're going. Not too far. <laughs> Oh man, what a predicament that hunter has gotten themselves into. I sure hope they are able to figure it out this time. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around through the ad roll for this episode. If you enjoy what we're doing here, the best way to let us know is to download this episode on ACAST so the people over there can see how great we are. And when you're done with that, head over to Spotify or Apple Music and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you on social media. Tweet us your favorite quote, share your fan art with us on Instagram, or tag us the next time you drink an especially exciting brew. If you want to join us on our quest to find the very best coffee and tea out there, or if you think you're the one making it, reach out to us at littlerenegadeproductions at gmail.com. We'd love to feature you on our next episode. And I'll see you guys in a couple seconds. Um, okay, so it's late afternoon. You guys are spending your, I don't know how long, at the circus. Um, I don't know either. We're find out. <laughs>
Um, so yeah, I think Lucille has just made her way back over to Travis and they're going to retire to their tents for, I don't know, maybe an hour before the next show. Um, so unless you have any questions for the, specifically those two, um, the day is yours. Where, where do you want to go? What do you want to check out? Do we or do we not still have hold? Um, I think you have two, uh, Maddie and Kelsey has one. Um, yeah, because you rolled it when you were investigating like the circus in general, right? So I would argue that you could keep those. I think that's fine. Like generally that's not how it works, but I really, I don't mind. Do you remember if it was for investigate a mystery or read about situation? They're both plus sharp. So honestly, like, you know, unless there's any rule junkies in our audience, I don't think it doesn't bother me. And if there are... Be nice to us. Yeah, <laughs> okay, stay subscribed and hang out. And uh, no, just <laughs> we still love you. Okay, um, well, but we disagree. Um, okay, cool. So, since I remember it's Peggy's first time at the circus, I think Allie would at first take her around and buy her like a corn dog or a funnel cake or something yeah, to make so, her happy yeah. and feel good. <laughs> and then once she's a little bit occupied, I would like to use one of my hold to kind of look around far and wide and really scan the area to see if there are any dangers we haven't noticed okay um so it's interesting that that is phrased dangers you haven't noticed um ali i think in general you have a heightened sense for monsters and like locating them it's kind of your specialty um there are a number of monsters around even like working like the little like carnival games and stuff and like the different vendors and things but they're not doing anything that strikes you as suspicious I think it's weird for you to see like they're interacting with children and like nothing bad is happening in fact the kids seem excited about it like it's definitely it may put you on edge but it is um it's there's nothing inherently threatening about any of them which is strange um I do think you guys are walking around for a little bit and then um you see there's um there's marlo what color hair does clemens have i believe we said auburn hair okay early on i know we said she has really dark features if that helps yeah Yeah. okay so this woman with kind of dark auburn hair uh who's kind of facing away from you but she's kind of unmoving and like looks you're standing behind her so you can't see her eyes but she like seems very out of it um but i recognize the same shade of hair as kind of the similar shade of clemens yeah okay well i think at first while she was scanning the area and seeing all of these normal monsters my hand kind of starts to twitch a little bit and then once we see clemens i'm gonna like smack peggy in the shoulder a little too hard and be like peggy look what what do you recognize that girl standing over there? Her hair is almost the same exact shade of Clemens. We should investigate. But, oh, okay, I mean, she looks alive. Come on, I grab her hand, <laughs> and I almost make the funnel cake fall out of her hand. <laughs> All of my efforts in And I literally just cake. start very speed walking towards this woman, and I don't care who it is, I'm gonna like, put my hand on her shoulder and turn her around. Great. So yeah, you drag Peggy through this crowd of people to this unmoving, standing, like, woman. Uh, you then, I think you've got Peggy on one arm, and you grab this unknown woman and turn her around to face you. She has milky white eyes, no iris, no pupil, and they look very spaced out. And when you turn her, she doesn't seem to, like, despite your harsh grip, she doesn't seem to flinch, feel anything really and she just kind of like is turned about and is like facing your general direction but you can't because she has no pupil or iris you don't really know where she's looking her chin is pointed slightly up it's like she's looking off into the distance um she doesn't say anything she doesn't um it's it's very strange she does have like a weird necromantic energy about her is that the only thing I kind of recognize about those qualities? She, it, it looks like Clemens. It looks like her, but she doesn't have eyes in the same way that Clemens does. Like she has them, but again, they're just white orbs. Um, and she doesn't look, hmm. 
She looks less injured than when you saw her before. And where she was stabbed, you can't see because it was through the abdomen. But so like you'd have to, I don't know, find somewhere to go investigate that, um, but, which is weird. Um, sorry, audience. That's a weird picture. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she seems just super out of it. Vaguely injured, but less so than before. Okay, I'm going to keep my arm very tightly on her shoulder and I'm going to turn to Peggy and kind of whisper, are you seeing this? what I'm seeing isn't is and I'm gonna turn to her and I'm just gonna Clements is is that you she continues staring off into the distance the woman has no pupils Peggy is, is that not I don't I don't know what's normal anymore what do you think these are contacts well I know I know that she's not she's not alive but she's not she died, but then she wasn't dead, and then and then she died again, and then but then she's gone. So okay. I, don't, I don't know. We don't have time for this. Okay. I'm going to search the area yeah, for like a secluded kind of tent-ish area that we could bring her to. Do I see anything? Um. Yeah, I won't make you roll for it. It's yeah. Um. There's a. It's a very busy circus. You could pull her off to the side of virtually any tent that's not you know, like actively doing something, like you could pull her around behind or to the side of something and be unnoticed. I'm going to lift like her legs in my arm, kind of like I'm carrying her like a damsel. Right style, yeah. Exactly. And I'm just going to like go straight to one of these empty tents. And I'm going to say, Peggy, keep up. Scurry along in my little heels. <laughs> yeah, she makes no uh, resistance. Okay, so then once we enter the tent, I'm going to set her down in the middle of a room if there's some sort of cloth or gonna kind of make her like a little bed okay rip some of the curtains off this looks to be like a tent that's used for like storage and stuff so there's a number of crates that you could set her out on top of um and yeah i think there's like a tarp that you could throw over or under her if you wanted to do that okay yeah so i'm gonna like throw a tarp under her kind of make her a little stool that's kind of comfortable like a little cushion underneath it and then we're just gonna sit her up and at first i'm just gonna yeah she sits with her back like very like uneasily straight and like palms up with her uh hands on her like knees like resting i'll use my hold Mm -hmm. of what happened here this you don't know much about undead um but i think on a in a view in a uh hello i'm gonna do english now um (laughs) i think on a very human level this looks to be a person like utterly drained of their capacity to like move think like do anything like there's no emotion there's no, uh, like, even, like, there's no response to pain. There's no anything. Like, she looks not here. It's, like, very unnerving. I think that's the best that, like, to for your character that I would be able to say. And, yeah, I mean, like, Allie's here as well. I think you could you can pick all of that up. This is not, like, you do feel that necromantic undead energy from her, but it's not something that you've seen before okay. or heard of. Like, this is something new, and that is, I think, pretty, like, if you could feel fear, that's terrifying. Okay, a little shocking. Yeah. I think at first, as I'm trying to analyze her, I'm going to snap in her face a couple times to see if I get a reaction. Nothing, nothing. And then I'm going to pull a knife out mm-hmm. of nowhere <laughs> and I'm going to take her hand and I'm going to just slice the palm a little bit to see if she has any reaction to the pain. No reaction to pain. She, The blood takes a while, but it does come up through her palm and start to drip down if if you'll allow is it, it to like a, so. a color that is normal human blood like a dark red mm, it's it's a deep red but it is red and it looks like the it looks close enough to the blood that you saw coming out of and am i positive that she's not the skinwalker in this moment mm. or is that still a possibility she does not have the energy of a witch she looks to be perhaps under the spell of something like that but she does not seem to be emanating the energy of someone who could do that themselves. Peggy, I'm going to need your help here. 
Okay. Clemens is obviously a part of the undead, or else how could she possibly have gotten up and walked away? She must not be the skinwalker in this moment, but I don't understand what she's doing here. Do you know anything from the movies, the monster movies? What might be the motive for something like this? They usually just want brains. (laughs) (laughs) I look at Clemens, (laughs) and I'm like analyzing if she looks hungry for brains. (laughs) She doesn't look hungry for anything. I don't believe that to be a possibility in this moment. She hasn't said it. That's usually all they say. She's not moving. She's not blinking. She's not breathing. I'm going to lift her shirt a little bit to see if we can see the scars that were there from the stab wounds. Sure. She's, I will say her clothes are like vaguely culty. <laughs> like they're like very plain. Um, she wears a button-up white collared shirt and a very plain black skirt. And this is different from what she was wearing when she... She was in one of her, like, she, Clements was known for dressing quite well in, like, skirt suits and pantsuits. Um, she was a public figure. This is not the clothes that you saw her in last. Okay. Perhaps the skinwalker has been searching for her and having her to do its dirty deeds. So what we should do, I believe, is bring her to the House of Mirrors. Perhaps we can keep her there and try to bait the skinwalker into coming for her. Also, do you have a phone? You do lift the shirt and look, and the scars are healing, but like at a much quicker rate than they would for a... Like, this happened yesterday. <laughs> so... It's weird. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fairly healed over. So she's healing, but she's also dead. Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, when I say healing, it's not that um, she looks better. It's that she's not bleeding out of them anymore. <laughs> um, and like, like they're, not, they're not open wounds anymore, but um, they, well, open, loosely termed. Like, it's strange. They're... They're semi-closed. They don't look to be, like, a danger to her anymore. But, um, yeah, I think when an undead thing heals, it's not the same way that a human does, where it, like, closes up and eventually becomes, like, a scar or a scratch or nothing at all. Like, it, it's weird. <laughs> there are a number of other injuries that she seems to have suffered, which have, like, um, which look to be, like, from not from the werewolf, like from other monster attacks that, um, uh, I'm trying to reconcile this with, we have referred to like her having older wounds. So yes, like some of that was like bruising from previous encounters, but some of that was like cuts that it looks like they could have been from yesterday, but then they clearly weren't because this werewolf only left the marks that you saw when it was can I try to see if I can detect any residual magic on her in on any of these wounds? Um that she has the energy that you kind of sense she doesn't have the energy of the skinwalker, but she has the like same like all of the wounds have that magical energy, the draining kind of sense. It's very possible that Clements is being used in some capacity by the skinwalker, both like politically slash slash socially, as well as uh, for magical means. Peggy, I need you to hold onto her shoulders for a moment. Make sure she does not go anywhere. And I'm going to go to the entrance of the tent and I'm going to kind of peek around to just make sure we're in the clear, make sure there's a clear path to the house of mirrors over there. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to come back in and I'm going to say, Peggy, it is very possible that the skinwalker has been feeding off of her magic. These wounds, I detect its draining energy all over them. So I need you to run back to that telephone that you found earlier, and you need to call Lucille and Marlowe. They need to know about this, and I will get her to the House of Mirrors so we could keep her there and try to lure the skinwalker. Do you think you can do that? I guess I'll just call the kitch and hope that they're there. And then I'm going to pull another... Um, knife out and I'm going to actually give it to you and say here use this for protection if you need anything just scream very loudly I think I can manage that I will come find you (laughs) (laughs) and then I hand you the knife 
and then I'm once again gonna like superhero pick her up okay I think it's been maybe an hour since like you kind of leisurely like got a snack wandered around found her um it's still working like the circus is still very much open the sun hasn't gone down the carnival is still very active so do you take her immediately to the house of mirrors or are you gonna maybe wait until people go home we need a plan to filter the people out you have a flair for dramatics don't you I mean, I, I, I'm not really, I, I don't act, but I have watched a lot of people act. I guess I could come up with something. Perfect. I need you to clear the room. Clear the space. Okay. Um, uh, sure. So just, just by the, just by the hall of mirrors, yeah? That's, that's the only place we need to clear, or do we need everything clear? It doesn't really particularly matter to me, as long as the house of mirrors is clear and nobody's going to interrupt us. Okay, um, so I'm gonna leave and head towards the, the, the area for the Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> um, is anyone paying attention to, like, like, how crowded is it? Um, I don't think it's the most popular attraction, but there's definitely people filtering in and out, and there's lots of, like, there's, like, food trucks nearby and, like, that kind of thing. Okay, so Peggy's just going to... The way that the circus is set up, there's a huge big top in the middle where the show that you saw when you came in goes down, and then everything else is in a giant, like all the other tents, carts, etc., are in a large ring surrounding it, and there's an entrance, like, like just like between two smaller tents that leads to the big top in the center. Um, in the storage area, are there matches anywhere? Sure. I'm going to start a fire. <laughs> oh my god. Peggy, like your huge thing is being able to manipulate people. Why are you lighting a fire? <laughs> I can always just lie that there's a fire. Um, but then if they came to look for the fire, and there there's isn't so a fire. So much stuff in a carnival. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. I'm okay, it's okay, you. it's okay. Uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> um, I'll try lying first, and if it doesn't work... I, I will idea. start a fire. Okay. <laughs> my plan B is start an actual Perfect. fire. My plan A is... I could have always just shot my shotgun into the air, but I prefer not to do that. <laughs> Literally. Um, cool. Yeah, so I am going to... Is What would the world be? Would it be manipulate someone? Just like, like mass manipulate someone? Manipu yeah, so the way that manipulate someone works is you ask them to do something for you and you give them an incentive or a consequence. And then depending how the role goes... Uh, it works out or it doesn't. Um, I think Peggy's just going to, you know, amp herself up a little bit before she runs out. I'm going to sprint into the area and just start screaming fire. Where? In the Hall of Mirrors. In it? Outside it? In it. In it. Great. Okay. Roll. I don't know that I would make you roll for this. I feel like... Uh, I feel like it's not like an ex it's not like an especially like inhuman thing or like difficult thing like anywhere that you go if you were to go outside and start yelling fire right now m probably people would believe you <laughs> like <laughs> like people or at least you'd freak them out um okay so you run into the house of mirrors yell fire people go into a panic and start like you know like shoving and pushing each other to like get either back the way they came or through the house to get out bumping into the mirrors <laughs> yeah, as yeah. they go everybody's Absolutely. just slamming their heads on the Abs it's a it's all like it's a bloodbath <laughs> um but i think the space is cleared um uh, and as they start filtering out see you need to tell everyone there's a fire everyone needs to get out of this area there's a fire in the, in the house of mirrors here here yes and everyone needs to get out go okay 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 and i think yeah tell they're... everyone okay <laughs> <laughs> um um uh all right so there's you've officially started a panic at the circus people are running out panic at the circus exclamation point yes yeah. that's our band band name freaking called it okay um <laughs> It's Panic at the Disco's new album, actually. Also the episode name. Yes. <laughs> the, with the exclamation point at the end. I think at that point, I've left the tent with Clemens in my arms, and I'm making my way over there. Okay, so you're rushing against the crowd, because they're all running away in the circle through, like, from the House of Mirrors, and you're running in. Um, 
do you, okay, what do you do? I'm just going to keep pushing people out of the way, and I'm also going to play into it and be like, fire, fire. <laughs> I think Bob at this point has made his way out and is like looking for signs of smoke and like trying to keep everybody calm and like filter the cast out in like a way. And yeah, I think, um, you know, it's like pulling the fire alarm at school. Like everyone has to go, like even if there isn't, you know, like, like there's an implied sense of danger. So people are taking it seriously. Um, and I'm going to bring her into the House of Mirrors and try to make my way towards the middle of it, like position her right in the middle. So it takes a while to come in, a while to come out. And I'm also going to go there seemingly, like seamlessly. I know exactly the way to go and don't bump into a single bear. <laughs> I'm going to, do I see, do I see Bob there? Um, yeah, you can see he's like trying to like keep himself and everyone else around him from going into a panic. Okay. Um... I have a special move as the mundane called Trust Me, Trust me. Yeah. which is um, for the audience. When you tell a normal person the truth in order to protect them from danger, roll plus charm. On a 10 plus, they'll do what you say they should. On a 7 to 9, they'll do it, but the keeper chooses from either they will ask me a hard question first, they'll stand and dither a while, or they will have a quote unquote better idea. On a miss, they think that I'm crazy and possibly dangerous. Great. What do you say to him? Bob, there is something going on. I don't know much about monsters, and I know you know more than me, but I think that there's a serious danger to any of the monsters that could be here. I don't know what's going on. It looks like someone was drained. They were alive. Now they're dead. I don't know, but you need to protect all of them. You need to get them all out of here. Great. Roll your 2d6. Okay, cool. Nine, and then it's plus... Do I have a plus charm? That's plus eight. charm. That's an eight. Plus two. Wait, so eight. Ten. Plus two. So that's it's still a ten. Okay, so complete success, which means what... Uh, what for this role? It means that they will do what I say. Okay. No questions asked. Um, I think they don't even... This is... I don't think the audience fully realizes like what an incredible moment this is. This guy doesn't know you. He has no personal connection to you. Um, and this is his place of business that he runs that's named after him. And he still, I think... At first, he's, like, not even hearing you because he's, like, looking around and, like, trying to get people cleared out and also see if there even is a real fire. But you gather, like, his focus on you. You tell him this message, and he's like, okay. Bob turns to the whole crowd and is like, all right, everyone, I need you to calmly and quickly make your way to the nearest exit, and uh, everyone just try to stay calm, all right? We're going to provide anything that you guys will need, but this... Uh, we're, we're closing the circus for the day. And he starts leading the cast out of the tent. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you guys are free to do whatever it is that you want to do. As he's doing that, I, I turn back to him and I say, where's the nearest payphone? Uh, there's one on the far side of the big top and he points to you, uh, you towards, um, it's between two of the dressing rooms. Lucille and Marlo are coming back. They should be the only ones let back in. Fine, yeah. And then I'll, I'll turn to, to Allie and give a nod and, and head over there. Yeah, he's leading the rest of the cast out of the, the big top, and you basically have this place to yourself. Inside the Hall of Mirrors or the place, mm-hmm. I'm, Allie's going to kind of rip the hem off her dress at the bottom, yeah. and she's going to tie it around Clemens and kind of put her in a knot so she can't go anywhere. And then she pulls out one of her knives and stabs it into the mirror, stabbing some of the fabric in there so she's kind of stuck. And she's not able to walk anywhere if she wanted to. Cool, yeah, I'll allow that. Um, okay, I think you're probably, you're thinking about doing some magic here, right? I mean, I was going to, but I was going to try to trap her, but I pretty feel like I just did that. Okay, I think that's good. Um, okay, so you're going to go to catch up to Peggy. Um, Peggy, you're looking for a phone. Yeah. Uh, it takes, I think with those directions, it doesn't take you very long at all. Um, so yeah, you like run as quickly as you can in your little heels and your skirt to, uh, the nearest phone and, uh, who, what, who do you call the kitsch? Okay. Um, you guys, Marlo and Lucille, I think are like stepping out of the taxi, like into the kitsch and you can hear the phone ringing inside. Uh, if the phone is already ringing inside, my bartender probably picks it up. (laughs) Okay, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that's true. It's late afternoon, almost evening. You're definitely open. Oh, yeah, we got people in there. And I also am looking, I'm keeping my eye out for one of the regulars. Cool. What'd you name him? You named him Tanner. Tanner. Tanner's still there. Uh, this is uh, Kitch. Tanner speaking. How can I help you? Is Lucille there? Uh, who's asking? I walk through the saloon doors. <laughs> yeah, I think he, like, just looks with his eyes and, like, yeah, I think he turns with his, like, turns with the phone more towards the back of the bar, like, so as to try to keep his voice down. And he just, like, kind of eyes you, Lucille, and is like, uh, who am I speaking to? This is Peggy. The, uh, oh, yeah, okay. What's, uh, is something wrong? If Lucille is there, I need to talk to her. Right? She's just walking in. Okay, so give her the phone. Okay, hold on. Talking to you. <laughs> I would like to say, that's my boy. That's how a bartender answers calls. Don't. <laughs> that's good. Ask he. That was good employee etiquette. He's going to. Lucille's like nodding at him. She's like, yeah. And she takes the. She yeah. steps behind the counter to reach the phone. He's like, it's that Peggy girl. <laughs> and he hands you the receiver. Yeah. Clements is here. The fuck? And that's where we're going to end this episode of Lights Rose. <laughs> Hello, Rolls. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in this week. What a buck wild time we have had, you guys. I'm so happy that we uh, could host you. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Oh! Oh!